Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. We are back. I'm your host, Tony Okay, You already know what it is by now. Let's get straight into it. But before we get on to today's Premier League fixtures, I feel like Champions League is back. We've got to quickly talk about that and address the big elephant in the room, which is the Champions League. So first off, we'll start off on Tuesday night. As a United fan, you already see my United little thing over there. You know, it wasn't a good performance at Man United. Um, there's so many things we can get into about the substitutions and everything else. But here's my quick verdict on it, if anyone wants to hear it. We lost. We lost in the last seconds of the game by a Jesse Lingard mistake. Um, the only criticism I have of that game is that we Man United didn't have a shot on target from the 24th minute. And that's not good, regardless if you're down to 10 minutes or not, we are Man United. Um, I'm not really angry about the substitutions, only because I feel like Substitutions are always are all good in hindsight, right? You take off Ronaldo and Fernandez. If we hold on for a draw, people will be looking at those substitutions and be like, "Oh my gosh, those really good defensive substitutions!" Like he read the game, he managed it, blah 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 blah. But we lost, so now it looks like why would you take off your two best players? So it's one of them situations. It's lose lose, but you know, it is what it is with Man United. It wasn't a great performance, and that's what people. Like the whole Oli out brigade was out again for our first loss of the season. Like it was, it was a bit mad, but it's what happens when you're the most famous club in the world. Anyway, uh, well, City won six three against Leipzig. You know, yeah, everyone knows how Leipzig plays. You saw Man United beat them five nil last season, so of course City are going to score goals against Leipzig. Jack Grealish got um, scored in his first Champions League appearance, which was nice. Blah blah blah. blah. Same old, same old of City. 
it looks pretty decent. Conceding three goals, but again, Leipzig are not a bad side. Um, Liverpool had a tough game, but they won it in the end with a Jordan Henderson. Good goal, good winner, looking decent. All the other teams won. Chelsea won 1-0 against Zenit. was a pretty, not the greatest performance, but got the job done, unlike Man United. And sometimes it's not about the performance, it's about who gets the three points at the end of the day. Um, for Man United, I, I, I'm looking at these groups and I'm still thinking everyone, all English teams are going to get out of their groups. Like, all you really need is like 10 10 or 12 points, really, to get out of the group. So, and it's not like we had, like, last season, listen, Man United won their both their first two games and still didn't get out of the group. So, I'm not too worried about that. I just feel like it's not, my, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, right? So, yeah, it's my little Champions League roundup because the Premier League is back. So, first and foremost, I feel like we should go on to yesterday's games. Uh, Liverpool, once again. Liverpool are looking good, man. Liverpool are looking good. And um, Salah, 101 Premier League goals. Mane got his 100th goal for um, for Liverpool as well. And Naby Keita was on the score sheet with a rare one. I, f- I feel like I've got to say one thing about Mo Salah. I feel like he... I saw one stat that he has like 134 um, goal movements. Uh, goal... Um, what's the word? Goals and assists, basically. Goal involvements for a Premier League player is like the only person to do that in his type of appearances. Like, I feel like he is already a Liverpool legend. And this is me coming from a Man United fan, right? I'm looking, we're witnessing greatness with Mo Salah. I feel like he's one of the most, not underrated, because he's not underrated. I feel like he's one of the most disrespected players in the league. People call him selfish. Like, we've got to realise this guy has a Premier League record. He led Liverpool to a title. He's taken to a Champions League. He was the focal point of Liverpool's dominance for, for dominance, quote-unquote, for a couple of years. And I feel like he's one of the most disrespected players. Like he's going to go down as probably one of the best Premier League players we have seen. And we're witnessing greatness right now, whether we like it or not, whether you don't like the way he plays, whether you think he's selfish. I honestly think like he is such a great player. And I feel like if this was anyone else, I'm not sure what it is about Mo Salah. I don't think he's just like, if this was anyone else, I, f- I feel like they would be getting way more plaudits. Maybe this is just my opinion, but I just feel like Mo Salah's a bit disrespected. But anyway, Liverpool looks comfortable 3-0. They're still top of the table. Uh, level on points with Chelsea and United, but we'll get onto that. So yeah, Liverpool look decent. Obviously, um, Van Dijk and Canate started together. Clean sheet, looked decent. Bob's your uncle, do you know what I mean? So big ups to Liverpool on that one. Uh, Pep. <laughs> now during the week, Pep was uh, Mister. We cannot replace him. He was um, calling, rallying up City fans, saying three p.m. like it's like it's a motive. Texting the group chat saying three p.m. Etty had be there and some of the fans were like oh this is a bit weird I don't think there's anything wrong with that we know City are not a, a big club and that's nothing that's no disrespect you know me obviously I'll throw a little dig at City but that's not me disrespecting City it's just the way the cookie crumbles I'm not saying you're not a great club because you are a great club at the end of the day I'm not gonna lie but you're not a big club yet you don't have that European pedigree which in the trajectory you're going you probably will get that soon there's nothing wrong with that life was at Rome wasn't built in a day so and I don't think it's that empty. Like, obviously, it's like the little banter we have. You, like, there, there are more than 50,000, 60,000 City fans in the world. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like you can't fill the stadium. But Pep said, we need, we need the fans. And did the fans show up? Well, the fans didn't. The 12th man didn't help because they held got held to a draw by Southampton. And it looks pretty dire. They didn't have a shot on target. Or they had one shot on target that whole game, which is rare for City. I know they had Champions League in the week. And Southampton had the whole week to prepare. But still, like... If any, this is their first um, 
stalemate in like the, in 48 games. So it's a pretty, pretty rare one for City. When I saw it was nil nil, I was thinking, what did it like? Did no one score? Like it, it was a bit weird for City. So I'm not sure. I'm not going to read into it too much because I don't think it's going to happen again. And then I know like the whole business with the fans and everything. I'm, the fans are not going to get turn against Pep Guardiola. Let's be honest. So they'll they'll be all right, City. They're, they're still three points off the top, so it's not the end of the world. And um, the only thing is, with the shot on target, we've got to we've got with one shot on target, you've got to realize City wanted a striker, right? Whether we like it or not, they put a bid in for Harry Kane. So the fact that they haven't got a problem they want, I don't look at City right now and thinking, okay, these guys are starting Torres, Gabby, Hayes, Gabby Jesus, and. Um, let's say, Sterling or, or Grealish. I don't look at that front three and say, yeah, title winning front three. Do you know what I mean? I don't even think that front three is better than United's front three right now with Torres, Gabby. I'm not saying City are but, um, not better than United because they are. But I'm looking at that front three. You, City need a striker, whether they like it or not. Like, everyone else has improved the season. And you wanted to get a striker. You couldn't get Harry Kane. You couldn't get your man. So... They're gonna they're gonna pay for that. I think I'm not saying City are not gonna score goals because clearly there's I feel like they've still scored the most goals in the league, or maybe it's Liverpool or Chelsea now. But at the same time, you wanted a striker, whether you like it or not. Pep said I identified the problem. He got rid of Aguero and said I need a striker. You didn't get that striker. You're gonna see issues because if you don't look at Man United the way we didn't fill up with a defensive mid, we're gonna you're gonna see issues whether you like it or not. If you identify a problem and don't deal with a problem, you're gonna see issues. So. What can you do, eh? What can you do, City? I don't think it's going to pain them that much, but at the same time, you're going to see, you're going to see, maybe you might see more stalemates like this. You might, because if not, if not, let's say if they get a world-class striker, you don't think a world-class striker would get the difference with the chances City create. So uh, I'm not sure. Um, as I said, yeah, we addressed the Liverpool's win. I think like they're low-key being slept on only because, because it's right now it's like Ronaldo and United or it's City trying to do it again or it's Chelsea right now, the European champions. Like There's so many narratives and storylines of the Premier League. Liverpool were just slowly just getting their wins and getting by because they sucked last season. And now they're slowly just getting back to normal. And once they get like a big result against a big club, then we'll start talking about Liverpool again. Um, again, so today's games, United come back from behind. Once again, the comeback kings are back. Uh, what can I say about this game? We would have bet. I feel like it was justice, and call me biased or whatever, but I'll explain why. Because we were unlucky to go down. It was a wicked deflection from Varane on a Ben Rama shot that just completely wrong footed the hair, which it happens. If, that's football, right? But then United's response was good. We got a goal, Ronaldo on the score sheet once again. I can't lie. This guy's gonna hit. He's gonna hit twenty league twenty Premier League goals. He's already got. What is he? That was his second Premier League game, right? So yeah, he's already got three, three and two in the Premier League, and then four and three in all comps. Ronaldo's going to keep scoring with the chances of Man United create. Ronaldo's going to keep scoring, so I don't, I won't be surprised if he's already joint top score scorer in the Premier League as well as any played two Premier League games. Do you know what I mean already? So Ronaldo is definitely going to hit above twenty. Like I feel like if you want to put a bit on that right now, I'm not going to tell you to bet. You know, be gamble aware on that. But um, yeah, that's a. I think that's a sure bet right now of Ronaldo hitting 20 with the trajectory he's going on. He's played two games. He's got three goals in the Prem so far. So can't go wrong with Ronnie. Um, but thinking about the game, Ronaldo got his goal and we looked good in some cases. 
in some cases we look good. We like it's weird with United. I feel like there's such an agenda on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I feel like I kind of need to address this because at the half I saw United fans on the TL. I saw some spaces and they'll, and they'll complain and like, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that, blah 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 blah. But that was since we conceded, we had the most shots on target from any Premier League club this season in a half, and we got back from one nil down, and we were we were on top of that half. We were on top of that half. You can't watch that 90 minutes and say United didn't deserve to win the game. I know West Ham had a bit of a good spell at the end of the second half. And the second half, we started really well as well. Ronaldo had a chance that he should have, he should have finished. And um, again, we've got to get... Like, this is the thing. No one's going to give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer his plaudits, maybe because it's the agenda. But he took off he took off Pogba, which I was thinking, oh God, why is he taking off Pogba? Brought on Lingard and Lingard got the winner. So... If that was, listen, if that was too cool, everyone, everyone would have been like, oh, tactical masterclass, you know what I mean? But because it's social, no one's going to talk about that. We're just going to let that down to individual brilliance. But who knows? Uh, Sancho looked okay. He came on for a little cameo, looked okay. Lingard was the difference. Um, justice for the penalty, though, because obviously West Ham got a penalty and it brought on Mark Noble on for um, just to take on the penalty, which... We, haven't we learned from the Euros that bringing players on to take penalties just isn't the greatest scenario? Like we did, we done it with Rashford and Sancho, and they both missed their penalties. Now I'm not saying it's not possible. Like sometimes you can bring keepers on to save penalties. We saw that in the World Cup with uh, Tim Krul. But um, and sometimes you get people who have set piece takes and they come and take a penalty. We've done that with Alex Tellers in the Europa League final. That's the point. Is it's like it happens. Penalties are penalties. In the words of Ronaldo, it's in God's hands. You know what I mean? You either score your penalty or you don't. I feel like there's so many um, mind games when it comes to and we're trying to decipher penalties and thinking, oh, like, what, what, like, can you bring on someone? Are they cold? Obviously, you want someone to feel the room in the game and then take the penalty. It's it's kind of a weird one. Declan Rice grabbed it as the captain and said, yeah, I'm taking this. Next, we you know Moyes is like, Najee, let's bring on Mr. West Ham Noble when he goes and misses it. The Hayes saves his first Premier League penalty since 2014. His first. So, hey, I'm down. And I think it's justice because we needed that win. We were the better team. So I'm I'm, I'm glad that we won. But it's, it's just playing my heartstrings. As soon as I saw that VAR chance, because United should have had a penalty for the Ronaldo for Kurt Zuma. I even saw him laughing after the VAR thing. So, you know, he clattered Ronaldo in the box and Ronaldo. But I think because it's, it's Ronaldo and it's theatrical and no one wants to give him a penalty because you know he's going to do that whole C thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're reluctant to give him penalties right now, but that was a stonewall penalty. But anyway, Moyle tumbled the bag. United got the win. Joint top with Liverpool and Chelsea. Cannot complain. Um, looking at Chelsea, well, if, <sighs> we need to look at Sancho. Before I go on to United, before I go on to Chelsea, I feel like we've got to look at Sancho. We brought Sancho on to play on the right, and he hasn't really started to play on the right so far. He's been coming on on the left and he's been starting on the left a bit. He started on the right against Young Boys the other day because we started Wingbar. But for me, if we're gonna, if he's gonna be our right winger for the future, I need him to develop a, um, a relationship with Aaron Wambasaka now because everyone's saying Sancho needs time, and yes, he does need time. The guy's twenty one; he needs time. He's transitioning from the Bundesliga. There's glimpses of his close of his like close control and his smart thinking, but he's more of an intricate type of player. Like he wants to play the one twos, the little diss that give and goes and United's very direct. Bruno's like, I see you. I'm going to, or not even I see you. I just like screw it, run. And I'm going to pass it. I'm going to 
pass it into this space and you're going to do it. And that's what Bruno is. Like, he, he's like a James Harden for anyone that watches basketball. Turnover machine, but shoot or shoot. Do you know what I mean? So if I keep kicking the ball in this direction nine times, three out of times, I might, I might create some chances. And all you got to do is finish one of those to get one nil. So that's kind of how Bruno plays. And it doesn't really work with Sancho. But obviously that's what training's for. There's time. Like, I know we bought him for 70 mil. And I know because Ronaldo is um, fit and Ronaldo's, like, stolen the headlights, we're not really focusing on Sancho at the moment. Because if we didn't sign Ronaldo, Sancho would have been our marquee signing. And all of the press would have been on him right now. But because Ronaldo's still scoring and he's just slowly embedding himself in the team, it's quite fine. Um this is the thing. Marcus Rashford is back in training. He's not back in full training yet, but he's back in somewhat of training. So I'm thinking of if United is fit front free, Rashford has that left position down on lock. But then again, Pogba has been playing on the wing sometimes. I don't like it, in all honesty. I feel like Pogba does need to play up the pitch, but not on the wing. But um, that's another discussion for another day. If I had my, if all front three were healthy, I would say it would be... Rashford on the left, Sancho on the right, Ronaldo up front. Like at least pacing behind with Ronaldo in the middle, and then Pogba, Bruno, and I'm, right now I would say McTominay. Not only because McTominay looks pretty decent. He put in a good ball in for Ronaldo, and Ronaldo's first touch was poor. He looks pretty decent today. Um, we still need the defensive midfielder, whether he's decent or not. But what can you do, right? What can you do? So I just. From Sancho, I just want to see him playing off the right more. And I know he can play off the left. And right now, because Rashford is injured, he's going to be playing off the left a bit. But I feel like once Rashford is fully back into training, he'll probably be back around. Well, this is the thing. October's like, what, in a couple of weeks' time? And he was looking to come back for October. Because after we've got Villa, we've got West Ham, and then we've got Villa, and then we've got a difficult run of like Spurs, Chelsea... Arsenal, like a Leicester away. Like we've got a difficult run there. So and I know Rashford was going to come back in time for that. So we'll see. And I feel like once Rashford is back on that left-hand side, which is his predominantly his best position, we won't see much of Sancho on the left. Or who knows? There's going to be intertwining. It's going to be intertwining, interchanging. Sancho, I did say he wants uh, interchanging for, forwards like, like that 07-08 team. So we'll see. But if, for my opinion right now, I just need Sancho to create relationship with Aaron Rambasaka, start playing off the right more and have that right wing position solidified. Because at the end of the day, even though Greenwood is there right now, we all know Mason is destined to take Ronaldo's position in a couple of years' time or Harlan's position. You know, just, just throwing it out there. But, you know, we we want Greenwood in the cent- in the centre soon. So that is what we want. But um, big up to Jesse for um, scoring at West Ham. It just had to be imminent football, football scripted like that. Didn't celebrate, which is a nice little gesture for him, for you West Ham fans. But uh, after the United game was uh, a London derby, uh, Chelsea versus Tottenham, quite emotional because of the, um, the death of Jimmy Greaves that was announced today. But um, what, I'll, what I'll say is with um, Chelsea and Spurs is that... <sighs> Chelsea are the team to beat right now. They've got the narrative. They've got a world-class manager. I can't deny it. They've gone to Spurs and done them 3-0. And obviously, the Kante goal was like a deflection. Thiago Silva, yeah, and Rudiger with a decent goal. Like Like, they're getting goals from people you wouldn't expect. And they're looking very comfortable as well, Chelsea. They look very comfortable. And to, like, what I was looking at the other day was Chelsea's 
Tuchel hasn't made that many signings. He has. He hasn't. There's a lot of players like I saw when Chelsea. I saw Chelsea getting battered by Tottenham. I'm not sure what year it was, but I saw Rudiger on the pitch. I saw Jorginho. I saw Aspilicueta. People that are starting for Tuchel now. And I'm thinking, how can a manager just come in and just make these players look completely different? Obviously, it's the way they're set up and the way he set the team up. So credit to him. But I feel like that's the difference between an elite manager. So let's 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 keep it 100. That's the difference between someone like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and Thomas Tuchel right now. For instance, people like Marcus Alonso, he's starting, he's been starting the last couple of games for Chelsea. I haven't seen Reese James play in a minute. Whether he's injured, I don't know. Chelsea fans, let me know. But um, Ben Chilwell, haven't seen him. I think his last game was the Champions League final or something weird like that. Or maybe he played in the Champions League the other day. I don't know. But these players that were X'd out by Lampard or ex-managers are starting for Tuchel and looking like irreplaceable people for Tuchel. And I feel like that's the difference between Solskjaer and Tuchel, for example. And I don't think Solskjaer makes that many changes. Like, obviously, our next game is the Carabao Cup, so you're going to see a lot of changes. You're going to see people like Dalot come in for Aaron Wambasaka. And Dalot's going to get a run of games because Aaron Wambasaka is suspended for his next Champions League match. So who knows? You might see him... Um, getting a few games. I think Wamsaka played well today. Like I'm thinking about it now, he looks more, way more comfortable on the ball than I've ever seen him, which is good. And competition's good. I like that lot. I feel like once he improves defensively, I feel like he's good going forward. He looks pretty decent um, against young boys when he had the ball. Like he's a, he's a nice little outlet. And we'll see a lot more from him probably in the cup this uh, this week and in the in our next Champions League games. So who knows? I'm not going to say he's going to um, take Aaron Wambazaka's position because he's not. But at the same time, it'll be good for competition because we saw with Alex Tellez and Luke Shaw what competition can do for players, right? So it's, it's nothing like spurring some players on and, and getting some good competition. But we'll see. I feel like... With Tuchel, we've got to give him credit because he's, as I said, he hasn't made that many signings. He's using players that have been playing for Chelsea for ages who looked dead and buried with other managers and setting them up completely. So that is the difference, I'll say, between an elite manager and someone like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm not saying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is one. Well, no, I am saying he's not an elite manager. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. I'm just saying he's not that elite level. Whether he gets to that elite level or knows, none of us will know. But until then, I feel like that is the difference between Tuchel. And right now, it's hard to like. As much as I dislike Chelsea, I'm not going to say I hate Chelsea. I'm going to say I dislike because my mum said I shouldn't hate anyone. But I, as much as I dislike Chelsea, I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking, how do you beat them? Which is which is weird. I, I don't know because, as I said, it's the same players. Obviously, Balukaku and a couple of other signings and Saul and stuff like that. But it's the same players. But you can see what an elite manager can do. And the thing is, a Chelsea fan told me this. He was like, it was hard to see Lampard go. It was like shooting Bambi, right? But he said, you look at the same players and you look at the difference. Like Chelsea have kept, what, five clean sheets now? They put Kepper in goal today. And we all thought Kepper looked dead and buried on Lampard. Hence why they got Mendy. Next thing you know, he's keeping clean sheets at um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Which is which is that's a that's a rivalry game for you. You don't really play a sub keeper and expect them to keep a clean sheet. So that's that's the difference between an elite manager. And right now, I've been seeing Thomas Tuchel, the best manager in the world, shouts right now, and he's like, until he proves me wrong, 
I might have to put it out there. I might have to say right now he's in in let's let's call it inform. He's the most informed manager right now, and I'm currently the best at the moment because the way he's setting up this Chelsea team, they are very hard to beat. They don't concede many goals, and they create a lot of goals as well, and they create a lot of chances. Um, apparently, Lukaku didn't score again, but listen, we know about big game Rom. We've said it. I don't expect him to get goals against the top six. He'll get goals against smaller teams because that's what he does. But there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as he get the goals for Chelsea, that's fine. And as long as Chelsea wins stuff, I don't think Chelsea fans will care. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I know we got the Carabao Cup this weekend and then uh, Chelsea City, which is next week. So that will be good because Tuchel seems to have a Guardiola's number. And now if Guardiola doesn't have a striker or... Well, he didn't, he didn't start a striker last time and they lost the Champions League final. But again, Tuchel versus Guardiola, that'll be good as well. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of football to look forward to. And listen, the season's just starting. It's just getting underway. We no one knows what's gonna happen. But right now, Chelsea are the team to beat. United look good. Liverpool look good. City will be up there. I, I feel like we have a four horse race for the league right now. Because with like I would have said three with Chelsea, City, Liverpool, but I feel like Ronaldo just gives you that just that next level. And players are gonna, he's gonna bring United to that next level. Whether it's that level of controlling games, well, no, it's not gonna be that level of controlling games. We don't have a controlling midfielder, but United are gonna be next to that. Are gonna be on that next level. Tuesday was a blip. United, they look decent today. We shall see. We've got so many games to look forward to. The season is just getting underway. There's going to be games thick and fast. You're going to have to start using your squad. So you're going to see the likes of Sancho, um, not Sancho, sorry, Van der Beek, Martial, Lingard coming off the bench. You know, stuff like that. Everyone's going to have to be using their squads. So we've got a lot of football to look forward to. And you've got a lot of more, more, you're going to look forward to a lot of me talking about the football in upcoming shows. So before we leave, big up to my United, big up Chelsea for the win. Big up Liverpool for the win. Those are your top three at the moment. Shout Quick shout out to Brighton. I still feel like they'll fall off, but right now they're third in the table. No one could have expected that. Danny Welbeck and Neil Mopai with the goals. So big up Brighton. They're looking good this season. I know uh, Graham Potter has a lot of stands. My, shout out my Graham Potter stands, my XG guys. And that right now they're actually scoring. So good for them. But yeah, this has been your boy, Tony FOK. This has been another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. You can subscribe to Undiluted Media. You can follow Undiluted Media 1 on Twitter and Undiluted Media on Instagram. Subscribe, like, share with your friends, comments. Let us know what we should do. Let us know if you want any guests on or if you want to challenge me on some of my takes and hot takes about my United and you think I am delusional, let me know. But until next time, people, I've been your boy, Tony FOK. Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network.